This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are in full force here in Season 2 of the Tip of the Iceberg. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat, who is in a very festive mood, as I'm sure he's going to be all month. Horwat, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. I bought myself this new ugly sweater. It's a uh, Jordan sweater, Nike Jordan. It's awesome. Uh, stuff like this by Nike and by Air Jordan would usually cost upward of $80, $90. This was 55 bucks. Ooh. There were two left, and I bought the size. There was a medium and an extra large. I am a large, so I bought the bigger one because I wanted it that much. Um, and because it was on not on sale, but because its regular price was way lower than I expected it to be, I didn't hesitate at all. So Christmas shopping has gone for a lot of shopping for myself. Hey, you got to treat yourself every once in a while. Isn't that right? Always. More than once in a while. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about this week. Well, more than more so than usual, I should say, to talk about this week, as there was some news broken by the NHL. And, of course, we have an interview stacked up for you guys, the first interview of Season 2. And who else would we bring on than the boys from the official Caps Chirp podcast, Polly Cupcakes and Hockey Troll, joined us for about a 50-minute sit-down discussion about the Washington Capitals and about some other things as well. It's always a good time when we get to sit down and talk with those guys. So we'll have that coming up for you in just a little bit. And then, of course, as always, we finish it off with Penn's poll. But before we do that, Horwat, how have you been this past week? Good. Very good. Uh, I've had to redo the soundproofing on my wall about three times. I've gone through a ton of command strips. Um, <laughs> and whoever uh, said that command strips don't peel paint is a bold-faced liar every time they I, don't if you use them correctly i do use them correctly that's the thing <laughs> um i will say that every time i peel down command strips but i digress i'm not here to call him out because uh, command strips are still a godsend this whole wall behind me is put up with them basically <laughs> yeah they are definitely what fuels all of the wall ornaments in my apartment that is for sure other than that my but, week has been good yeah that's good i mean and mine has been pretty good as well uh not as much news as we expected from the NHL. We expected a full rundown, I guess. At least I, I was hoping for a full rundown of how the season would work, what it would look like, when it's going to start. Instead, we got a couple of answers. And one thing that we didn't really see coming, but let's let's get into that news as as we move on here. I mean, first and foremost, the NF, the NFL. Jeez, my brain is not working today. But Happy Sunday. Yeah, exactly. The NHL drafted schedules and handed them out to the NHLPA. It looks like a 56-game schedule with a start now going to be back on the 15th or 16th of January. Of course, the original target date of January 1st doesn't seem like they're going to hit that. So now they're targeting January 15th or 16th and about a 56-game schedule trying to finish off and get the Stanley Cup rewarded by mid-July. There's still a lot of things for the NHL and the NHLPA to work out. Of course, COVID policies and testing policies, a travel schedule, etc., stuff like that. And one thing that we have seen 
that the NHL and the NHLPA have been arguing about is the financial discussion. Luckily, they've both decided to table that discussion on finances for now. That way they can return, at least focus more to the return to play format. And it seems as if they're getting that done a lot quicker than the financial discussion. But Horwat, what did you think about the news of a 56-game schedule potentially starting on January 15th? Uh, it's the most news we've gotten in a while. I know Pierre Lebrun's tweeting every other day about how the discussions have been going, and it's all just a snooze fest. Um, stuff about financials that you're bringing up. Again, I don't understand it, so it's a snooze fest to me. Basically, I look at a 56-game schedule starting in January 15th. How do how long did that go for? I honestly haven't heard anything of this except for uh, what's on our rundown here. Yeah, all they basically released was that it was going to be, they're looking at a 50 to 56 game schedule, and they're trying to start at the 15th to try to get the cup awarded by early July. That's not bad. That's not bad. I like that because then you can go into just a short off season and then not affect a third season, which is what I preached from the beginning of this. Yeah, and that seems like what both Donald Fair and Gary Bettman, specifically Gary Bettman, who on several news outlets this week spoke about how the biggest thing that they've all agreed upon is that they don't want to harm the 2021-22 season, which is the following season coming after this current one. Because as you've mentioned, and as both of us have mentioned, you have the Seattle expansion team first season, you have the new TV deal. You want that to be a full season unharmed by the COVID craziness that has been encompassing last season and now this season. So that is the one thing that he said. Yeah, you at least want that season to be played normally by by terms of schedule and TV stuff. If When it comes discussion of fans and getting people into these games, that's a different discussion. But as long as it's on TV and the games are on a regular schedule, you can play kind of just like how football is. How nothing really changed, so they didn't have a preseason. Who really cares? It's football. No one watches preseason football games. So that's not a big worry. You For that situation, for the 2021-22 season, you want it to at least be played out regularly and on time because of those reasons. You don't want Seattle being introduced. I think that's the big one. You don't want Seattle being introduced in a janky season. Yeah, and the big thing that you mentioned there, fans. Fans is going to be huge, and it's going to mention and talk about the entire way that that financial situation, which we're not going to get into the actual financial situation. It's dealing with escrow and cap penalties and revenue sharing. We're not going to bore you with all of that right now. What we are going to say is fans are integral to getting that salary cap to stop being flat at that 81.5. And that is also why something that was brought out this week, the biggest news that was brought out this week, is that there are teams that are considering playing their first couple of games or first month's worth of games outdoors. Oh, if, if you love the outdoor games, you loved hearing this. If you think the outdoor games are overplayed, oh, just you wait till the season begins. But as reported by both ESPN's Greg Wyshynski and Pierre Lebron of TSN and The Athletic, several teams are looking at starting their season with home games outdoors. One of them, the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically and get into that in a little bit. But the teams that have said that they aren't interested in this, some interesting names here. The Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Dallas Stars, who had the Winter Classic last year, the Los Angeles Kings, Nashville Predators, 
and Florida Panthers. They're all open to the idea of starting the season with home games outdoors. Now, there were teams that when this memo was sent out that responded and said, no, we don't really have interest in that for, for several different reasons. The Sabres declined. The Minnesota Wild declined. Washington, Philly, New Jersey, the New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers are all not interested in this. Horwat, before we get into the Pittsburgh Penguins aspect of this, what did you think when you saw all of this going down? Uh, my first comment is, of course, the Islanders turned down outdoor games. They barely have, an, have a home arena to play inside. <laughs> um, but aside from bashing on the Islanders, um, the whole news coming out of it was shocking to me because my immediate first thought was you are creating so many inconsistencies with doing this. The point, I mean, yeah, there's like baseball. You can have it indoor or outdoor all you want football. You can do indoor or outdoor all you want. It's just when it's like basketball and hockey, there are two sports that have not always been played indoors, but since a league conception, they've been played indoors. Only one or two games has ever been considered official and outside you create a bunch of inconsistencies with weather, with um, ice conditions. It becomes very hard to handle that sort of thing. Plus, teams going from, here's a stretch of indoor games to, oh, here's a couple outdoor games and you're back inside again. Or, if you're one of the teams hosting it, it could be every other game. You're going back and forth, back and forth. It's, it's a very complicated system. Personally, I don't like it. Um, if we're going to get into the opinions of it already, because mm -hmm. like I mentioned, these inconsistencies, it it's not like baseball where there's a handful of teams who have domes, dome stadiums or retractable roof stadiums where you're able to control the weather. It's just, it's a different kind of game for that. The field can, the playing surface can really be affected by out, by the, the, the whatever it's called, the weather, the, you know, the word I'm looking for. I, nope. I have no idea what word you're looking for. The, but the weather the can forecast. I don't remember. But the weather can play okay. a big hand in how the playing surface changes. Yeah, the same thing can happen with baseball and football. But I mean, football. If it snows in football, it's a more entertaining game. If it snows in hockey, you're pissed off because <laughs> the puck's slowing down. It's a bunch of inconsistencies that the players don't like. They like it once every now and again, like we've been, like most teams have been getting. But having that be consistent, that's um, the players aren't going to like it. They already said they wouldn't like it. But um, the amount of inconsistencies it creates with a system that is already always indoors, it's just another hurdle for players to overcome and getting back to a, a normal, a sense of normalcy in the in the game. So overall, you don't think this is a good idea, right? Not at all, but um, I can understand the fun of it. I'll say that. If we want to discuss the fun parts of it, I'm about that because there were some fun interactions with this idea. I'm going to actually go the opposite direction. I, I do think this is, in theory, a good idea. Yes, I'm not naive and I'm aware of the factors that you mm -hmm. mentioned, especially with the weather. I mean, you're already going to have, and we've seen it with the NFL, you're already going to have issues with scheduling when it comes to covid and covid protocols and oh this team there's a lot of covid you're gonna have to reschedule the game later and in the system where you're trying to get all these games in before july 56 of them for each team so you're having a lot more games in the nfl you have them in a lot more frequency than the in the nfl and you have kind of a running clock on the entire season this year that's already hard enough now i get what you're saying 
adding that weather aspect mm-hmm. into it, if you have to reschedule a game because it gets too warm out, if because it's raining, because of this, because of that, that just makes it a hundred times harder to get the season in. I get that point. And I'm not naive to think that that's the issue. But here's the thing. They're not saying we're going to play all of our games outdoors. Right. They're not. Right. They're not saying our home schedule, we're going to play them at Heinz Field, PNC Park, <clears throat> Highmark Stadium, I saw, which was hilarious, but not going to happen. Uh, but they're going to say, yeah, we're going to play five, maybe 10 games outdoors. Why? Just to cut that bottom line. Just to cut it a little bit. Because the only reason they're doing this, not to be fun, not to get eyes on, although it does do those things, the reason they're doing this is money. Oh, yeah. Is it, isn't it always the reason that the NHL does certain things? It, it's money. It's why the reverse retros came out a couple of weeks ago. It is why that they're discussing this. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are one of those teams that it seemed to be one of the first teams that volunteered this idea. One of the first teams that said, yes, we would love to do this idea. It's already going to be hard financially on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season because, as you mentioned earlier, there's not going to be fans in there January 15th, whenever the season starts, which right now we're looking at January 15th. There's not going to be fans in there. The only people that are going to be in there are the players, the staff, and maybe players' family. Maybe. So why wouldn't you do this? You look at Heinz Field whenever they were allowed to have fans, which currently right now in Pennsylvania, they're not. Once December came around, that was nixed by Governor Tom Wolf. But if COVID comes around a little bit better than it, like it was in November, before all the virus started getting worse, before November, I should say, because in November it started to get Kicked worse. Kicked off but, with Halloween, really. Yeah, exactly. So prior to November, if it's like it was then, you start allowing fans in the stands. Even if you get 10% capacity at Heinz Field, that probably equals 30 to 40% at PPG Paints Arena. And that's what the Penguins want to do it. So it makes sense from a standpoint like that. And they're also only playing, like I said, five or 10 games. You're telling me one game is okay, but you can't do it too often. Yet they have the ability to do it. Yes, it's expensive, but you got to spend money to make money. And it's about the bottom line. If they make more money with these games, allowing people into the stadium than they would be spending and it helps their bottom line, then it's a good idea. If it costs more than it's worth, like we said with the return to play in the 2020 playoffs, if it costs more than it's worth, you probably shouldn't be doing it. But if this is something they're looking at, I feel like it has to be worth more than it's going to cost them. So I think it's a good idea. So you said um, one reason that they would do it is for money. One thing that is holding them back, and is exactly what you said, it might cost more than it's worth. One thing that is holding them back is also money. Some of Because some of these stadiums and some of these states, we don't know what the regulations will be at that point. Mm-hmm. For all we know, Pennsylvania could straight up be like, even the families aren't allowed in because the Steelers are allowed um, high profile, whatever it is. It's basically families. Yeah. But, you know, that could get nixed as well. All all these states could shut it down. And according to mm-hmm. one of the articles is um, even the least frills you know, event you want to host at one of these giant outdoor stadiums is going to cost a million to $2 million still. So if you're really not gaining any money, you're just spending money for a million dollars just to get the arena or the stadium and then to upkeep the ice, make the ice, the boards, everything, the overturn, some of the man hours that have to go into that, it could end up costing way more than what you want it to. 
I love the it's a fun idea. Genuinely, it is a fun idea. There are just a bunch of factors holding it back. I mean, you mentioned the Heinz Field thing. Again, they've hosted before. They probably would like to do it again. They probably were going to do it again at some point. PNC Park would be a ton of fun. That's a hell of a view. You mentioned yeah. Highmark Stadium. Again, hell of a view. The idea of doing it outdoors is to get more people, so Highmark's immediately out. But you can do it there if no one's allowed in. It'll cost way less. They've had a semi-permanent ice rink there before. So they know it can hold it. They know they can do it. It's a great view. Again, again, that's just me talking about hockey games in an aesthetic point of view, which isn't what you're ever worried about. But we have a beautiful city to do that in. But depending, I mean, if, if it gets hockey back in one way or another, sure, go for it. Don't spend too much because every team could be fucked from it. Um, make sure the players are on board with the amount of inconsistencies that can come from it. And I mean, shit, make it safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to be, you know, Project Numero Uno yeah. is making everything safe for the NHL and its players and the staff and everybody involved, whether that's fans or not. And yes, I get what you're saying is you can get all this together and then the state can just be like, no, there's still COVID. No, you can't have fans in the stands. Like you're lucky we're letting you play anyway. I get that. That's why I think this is thrown out there as an idea now. On December 6th, as we're recording at, this is an idea. The NHL has probably at least 100 ideas on how they're going to return and how they're going to make money this year. Can't count anything out this year. That was one of the tropes pointed out in one of the articles is this isn't a for sure thing. It's actually very unlikely to happen anyway. But the idea, but it's being a processed idea and it's 2020. You can't count anything out. And honestly, some of the best tweets, unless you had some more to say, was some of the outdoor rinks around the area that could be offered up. And I was loving it. Um, yeah. If you want to start one up, I remember I saw Gimme Penguins Flyers at Shenley Park. I, I that is one you sent that me is and I love that that was I was, about, I was about to bring that up because you sent me that one yep. and I about died of laughter oh because they just redid the rink I just found out they redid that tiny little skating rink down at the oval and it looks a little better mm-hmm. um and then the reply to it was the uh PPG skating rink in the middle of downtown which with the tree in the middle um <laughs> uh, th- there's some great tweets if I can't think of any more outdoor Listen. rinks right now though that Christmas tree would be a hundred times more effective than Jack Johnson on defense. That's all I'm saying. Oh man. He couldn't get around it. Probably. No. Talk about a pylon. That's basically an upgraded pylon, but I, I saw some other fun ones. I saw somebody say, try to freeze the point of confluence and play out on the three rivers, which is in no way scientifically realistic, Possible. but <laughs> it's frozen pretty thick before, but never enough to fit an ice rink on and never safe enough to hold people on it. Um, no. There have definitely been ice chunks on it, but I mean, you got to really hold one in. And... But I mean, that made me think, why not Point State Park? If you're not worried about fans, I mean, we're talking about silly stuff Build right a now, rink. of course. Just put one in Point State Park. Um, I, the Maple Leafs have that play, have that outdoor place to do practice at once mm-hmm. a year. They could do there. Um, all these Canadian teams have plenty of outdoor to, to work with. They can, they can <laughs> use that. Which is interesting because I don't think any of them – either opted in or out. I don't think it's an option for them. They don't need the the financial help. Most of them don't need that financial help. Like the Maple Leafs are fine. The Canadians are fine. I'm sure the senators would appreciate a little financial help. 
their owner's a billionaire. They they're fine. In reality, they're fine. They, in other terms, they might not be. Um, Edmonton's probably fine. They probably keep selling more McDavid jerseys every day than <laughs> anyone cares. Gretzky to. jerseys every day still. Yeah, so most of the Canadian teams are going to be fine regardless. They don't yeah. need it. I mean, they Calgary's got so many frozen lakes that they could just hold something there all season, any year. Banff, Sprint, Banff, just go there. Go to the mountains. <laughs> but no, all these cold, all these cold climate areas, like you said, Buffalo turned it down. No shit, Buffalo turned it down. <laughs> Every game would be canceled for a blizzard. Hey, it would make for very aesthetically pleasing hockey. Not really good action, but at least the the surroundings would look cool. But all joking aside on, on, on the rinks that people mm-hmm. posted that they could be playing at, if it was down between PNC Park and Heinz Field, and yes, I do remember you said you wouldn't like to see it happen, but if you had to choose between PNC Park and Heinz Field, simply for fun, Heinz Field, of course, would be the, the go-to choice, mainly because there's more seating available. So that... Ignore all of that stuff. Which would you rather see them play at from a TV viewer's perspective? I would rather see it at PNC Park because I mentioned it's hockey yep. with hockey with aesthetic. Um, I'm also curious to know if the Nuttings would even let that happen. Yeah, they're gonna get paid. Fair, but and plus, hey, that'd be the that'd be the first winning team that stadium has seen. So, yeah, the first time there was a home team there that actually won more games than it lost. <sighs> Oof, man, I'd be. I, I should look that up one day. The the Pirates' record at PNC Park. It's definitely not a winning record, but I digress on that point. But yeah, I agree. PNC Park. It is the greatest skyline in baseball, and baseball is a sport of many beautiful skylines. You play that sport in the summertime, which helps it even more. The sunsets on the skylines. I know Baltimore's park, which is uh, Camden Camden Yards. I was I was losing it for a second. Of course, you have Yankee Stadium, you have Bush Stadium in St. Louis, the arch in the background. Baseball is a sport of skylines, and for the Pirates to be the best skyline in baseball, wouldn't it just be perfect to watch a hockey game with that in the background? It's not like Sid hasn't been on that field. He's thrown blazing fastball strikes in there on that field after the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. He has hit a home run out of there. So he has history in the ballpark. Why not actually do that? Now, I get, obviously, normal reasons. More fans fit in Heinz Field. Probably easier to get the stadium in there and the ice made in there. But it would be something to see. I mean, maybe down the road, if there's another Winter Classic, whenever we can allow humans to be two inches apart instead of six feet apart, then you do a Winter Classic, not a stadium series, because... You need a winter classic to fully capture that on January 1st of, I don't know, 2024. Hopefully Sid's still playing, but do it at PNC Park. That would be awesome. But of the two, I'd prefer to watch it if I'm watching on TV at PNC Park as well. Yeah, I mean, hell, I like watching Pirate games more than I do Steeler games sometimes. Just because of that reason. Whenever it comes to looking at a view, and I mean, am I rooting for the other team for the Pirates' sake? Probably. Speaking, speaking of the Steelers, hey, they're still undefeated. Yeah, as of this recording, and this comes out on Monday, so they it got is it technically it, it's a Steelers game day, Steelers versus the Washington football team. So they're, they're still, what, 11-0 at this point, yep. and they're, they're probably going to clinch a playoff spot this week, which is the first time in two years that the Steelers have made the playoffs. But 
to close out this whole conversation about outdoor hockey and, and seeing these teams play outside, it'd be nice. It'd be something different. It'd be a way that hopefully they make a little bit more money. But at the same time, I think we all just want to see hockey back. And I think that was the overall consensus. A lot of people I saw say, I really don't care where you play the games. I really don't. I just want to see it. I want to see it on my TV. I want to see it maybe in person once it's all safe. But more specifically, I'd rather see it on my TV. And I'd rather see professional NHL hockey being played. And we do have some amateur hockey being played now, the NCAA. And as we'll talk about on Wednesday, the ECHL got started up with the Wheeling Nailers. So we'll discuss that on Wednesday or Thursday's episode, excuse me. But as far as the NHL is concerned, we really don't care where you play. Just play. Play somewhere. Yeah. We want to get it started. We want to get it going. Uh, ev- like they mentioned, every option is being exercised. So who knows? We might see games at practice facilities for all we know. If every option is being, you know, worked out and figured out, if, and if they're not going to be doing it with fans and they're trying to save as much money as possible, turning the lights on a practice at a practice facility costs way less than it does at their home rink sometimes. I get they own it already. You still got to pay for it, though. So... Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like if they do the practice facility thing, that's downgrading the value for television companies, and they're not going to be happy about that. I I get that, but I mean... Especially with a new TV deal coming up, you don't want to anger the television networks. No, I get it. I'm just... I'm sure they're... I'm sure that's... You know, that they are in, dis- in all these discussions, too, because a huge chunk of their money is going toward this. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if every option is being practiced... Who knows what we get? Something fun could be happening. We don't know yet. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But we're going to take a quick break right now when we return our interview with the boys from the official Caps Shirt Podcast, Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes. This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined right now from the gentleman from the Caps Chirp, excuse me, the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the Washington Capitals here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the one and only Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes. Boys, how's it going today? It's going good, man. Uh, I didn't want to show my face because, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to make you all feel ugly. 
yeah that's all but much appreciated uh, or or it could just be because i i'm a i'm a douche that doesn't have a webcam you know uh, well, state of hoppy actually from the soda pod said that that is much honorable of you so uh, he, he said that i should mention that yeah it's all about the honor i guess you know we might as well just real quick background this is the hockey podcast network your home for hockey talk on every team in the nhl Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are in full force here in Season 2 of the Tip of the Iceberg. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat, who is in a very festive mood, as I'm sure he's going to be all month. Horwat, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. I bought myself this new ugly sweater. It's a uh, Jordan sweater, Nike Jordan. It's awesome. Uh, stuff like this by Nike and by Air Jordan would usually cost upward of $80, $90. This was 55 bucks. Ooh. There were two left, and I bought the size. There was a medium and an extra large. I am a large, so I bought the bigger one because I wanted it that much. Um, and because it was on not on sale, but because its regular price was way lower than I expected it to be, I didn't hesitate at all. So Christmas shopping has gone for a lot of shopping for myself. Hey, you got to treat yourself every once in a while. Isn't that right? Always. More than once in a while. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about this week. Well, more than more so than usual, I should say, to talk about this week, as there was some news broken by the NHL. And, of course, we have an interview stacked up for you guys, the first interview of Season 2. And who else would we bring on than the boys from the official Caps Chirp podcast, Polly Cupcakes and Hockey Troll, joined us for about a 50-minute sit-down discussion about the Washington Capitals and about some other things as well. It's always a good time when we get to sit down and talk with those guys. So we'll have that coming up for you in just a little bit. And then, of course, as always, we finish it off with Penn's poll. But before we do that, Horwat, how have you been this past week? Good. Very good. Uh, I've had to redo the soundproofing on my wall about three times. I've gone through a ton of command strips. Um, (laughs) And whoever uh, said that command strips don't peel paint is a bold-faced liar every time they I, don't if you use them correctly i do use them correctly that's the thing <laughs> um i will say that every time i peel down command strips but i digress i'm not here to call him out because uh, command strips are still a godsend this whole wall behind me is put up with them basically <laughs> yeah they are definitely what fuels all of the wall ornaments in my apartment that is for sure other than that my but, week has been good yeah that's good i mean and mine's been pretty good as well uh not as much news as we expected from the NHL. We expected a full rundown, I guess. At least I, I was hoping for a full rundown of how the season would work, what it would look like, when it's going to start. Instead, we got a couple of answers. And one thing that we didn't really see coming, but let's let's get into that news as as we move on here. I mean, first and foremost, the, NF, the NFL. Jeez, my brain is not working today. But Happy Sunday. Yeah, exactly. The NHL drafted schedules and handed them out to the NHLPA. It looks like a 56-game schedule with a start now going to be back on the 15th or 16th of January. Of course, the original target date of January 1st doesn't seem like they're going to hit that. So now they're targeting January 15th or 16th and about a 56-game schedule trying to finish off 
and get the Stanley Cup rewarded by mid-July. There's still a lot of things for the NHL and the NHLPA to work out. Of course, COVID policies and testing policies, a travel schedule, etc., stuff like that. And one thing that we have seen that the NHL and the NHLPA have been arguing about is the financial discussion. Luckily, they've both decided to table that discussion on finances for now. That way they can return, at least focus more to the return to play format. And it seems as if they're getting that done a lot quicker than the financial discussion. But Horwat, what did you think about the news of a 56-game schedule potentially starting on January 15th? Uh, it's the most news we've gotten in a while. I know Pierre Lebrun's tweeting every other day about how the discussions have been going, and it's all just a snooze fest. Um, stuff about financials that you're bringing up. Again, I don't understand it, so it's a snooze fest to me. Basically, I look at a 56-game schedule starting in January 15th. How, do, mm -hmm. how long did that go for? I honestly haven't heard anything of this except for uh, what's on our rundown here. Yeah, all they basically released was that it was going to be, they're looking at a 50 to 56 game schedule, and they're trying to start at the 15th to try to get the cup awarded by early July. That's not bad. That's not bad. I like that because then you can go into just a short off season and then not affect a third season, which is what I, I preached from the beginning of this. Yeah, and that seems like what both Donald Fair and Gary Bettman, specifically Gary Bettman, who on several news outlets this week spoke about how the biggest thing that they've all agreed upon is that they don't want to harm the 2021-22 season, which is the following season coming after this current one. Because as you've mentioned, and as both of us have mentioned, you have the Seattle expansion team first season, you have the new TV deal. You want that to be a full season unharmed by the COVID craziness that has been encompassing last season and now this season. So that is the one thing that he said. Yeah, you at least want that season to be played normally by by terms of schedule and tv stuff if when it comes discussion of fans and getting people into these games that's a different discussion but as long as it's on tv and the games are on a regular schedule you can play kind of just like how football is how nothing really changed so they didn't have a preseason who really cares it's football no one watches preseason football games so that's not a big worry you for that situation for the 2021-22 season you want it to at least be played out regularly and on time because of those reasons you don't want seattle being introduced i think that's the big one you don't want seattle being introduced in a janky season yeah and the big thing that you mentioned there fans fans is going to be huge and it's going to mention and talk about the entire way that that financial situation, which we're not going to get into the actual financial situation. It's dealing with escrow and cap penalties and revenue sharing. We're not going to bore you with all of that right now. What we are going to say is fans are integral to getting that salary cap to stop being flat at that 81.5. And that is also why something that was brought out this week, the biggest news that was brought out this week, is that there are teams that are considering playing their first couple of games or first month's worth of games outdoors. Oh, if, if you love the outdoor games, you loved hearing this. If you think the outdoor games are overplayed, oh, just you wait till the season begins. But as reported by both ESPN's Greg Wyshynski and Pierre Lebron of TSN and The Athletic, several teams are looking at starting their season with home games outdoors. One of them, the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically and get into that in a little bit. 
But the teams that have said that they aren't interested in this, some interesting names here. The Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Dallas Stars, who had the Winter Classic last year, the Los Angeles Kings, Nashville Predators, and Florida Panthers. They're all open to the idea of starting the season with home games outdoors. Now, there were teams that when this memo was sent out that responded and said, no, we don't really have interest in that for, for several different reasons. The Sabres declined, the Minnesota Wild declined, Washington, Philly, New Jersey, the New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers are all not interested in this. Horwat, before we get into the Pittsburgh Penguins aspect of this, what did you think when you saw all of this going down? Uh, my first comment is of course the islanders turn down outdoor games they barely have a, have a home arena to play inside <laughs> um but aside from bashing on the islanders um the whole news coming out of it was shocking to me because my immediate first thought was you are creating so many inconsistencies with doing this the point i mean yeah there's like baseball you can have it indoor or outdoor all you want football you can do indoor or outdoor all you want it's just when it's like basketball and hockey they're two sports that have not always been played indoors but since a league conception they've been played indoors only one or two games has ever been considered official and outside you create a bunch of inconsistencies with weather with um ice conditions it becomes very hard to handle that sort of thing plus teams going from here's a stretch of indoor games to oh here's a couple outdoor games and you're back inside again or if you're one of the teams hosting it, it could be every other game. You're going back and forth, back and forth. It's it's a very complicated system. Personally, I don't like it. Um, if we're going to get into the opinions of it already, because mm -hmm. like I mentioned, these inconsistencies, it it's not like baseball where there's a handful of teams who have domes, dome stadiums or retractable roof stadiums where you're able to control the weather. It's just, it's a different kind of game for that. The field can the playing surface can really be affected by out by the, the whatever it's called the weather the you know the word i'm looking for i nope. I, I have no idea what word you're looking for the, but the weather the can forecast i don't even remember but the weather can play okay. a big hand in how the playing surface changes yeah the same thing can happen with baseball and football but i mean football if it snows in football it's a more entertaining game if it snows in hockey you're pissed off because the puck's slowing down. It's a bunch of inconsistencies that the players don't like. They like it once every now and again, like we've been, like most teams have been getting. But having that be consistent, that's um, the players aren't going to like it. They already said they wouldn't like it. But um, the amount of inconsistencies it creates with a system that is already always indoors, it's just another hurdle for players to overcome and getting back to a, a normal, a sense of normalcy in the in the game. So overall, you don't think this is a good idea, right? Not at all, but um, I can understand the fun of it. I'll say that. If we want to discuss the fun parts of it, I'm about that because there were some fun interactions with this idea. I'm going to actually go the opposite direction. I, I do think this is, in theory, a good idea. Yes, I'm not naive and I'm aware of the factors that you mm -hmm. mentioned, especially with the weather. I mean, you're already going to have, and we've seen it with the NFL, you're already going to have issues with scheduling when it comes to covid and covid protocols and oh this team there's a lot of covid you're gonna have to reschedule the game later and in the system where you're trying to get all these games in before july 56 of them for each team 
So you're having a lot more games in the NFL. You have them in a lot more frequency than the in the NFL. And you have kind of a running clock on the entire season this year. That's already hard enough. Now, I get what you're saying. Adding that weather aspect mm-hmm. into it, if you have to reschedule a game because it gets too warm out, if because it's raining, because of this, because of that, that just makes it 100 times harder to get the season in. I get that point. And I'm not naive to think that that's the issue. But here's the thing. They're not saying we're going to play all of our games outdoors. Right. They're not. Right. They're not saying our home schedule, we're going to play them at Heinz Field, PNC Park, <clears throat> Highmark Stadium, I saw, which was hilarious, but not going to happen. Uh, but they're going to say, yeah, we're going to play five, maybe 10 games outdoors. Why? Just to cut that bottom line. Just to cut it a little bit. Because the only reason they're doing this, not to be fun, not to get eyes on, although it does do those things, the reason they're doing this is money. Oh, yeah. Is it, isn't it always the reason that the NHL does certain things? It, it's money. It's why the reverse retros came out a couple weeks ago. It is why that they're discussing this. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are one of those teams that it seemed to be one of the first teams that volunteered this idea. One of the first teams that said, yes, we would love to do this idea. It's already going to be hard financially on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season because, as you mentioned earlier, there's not going to be fans in there January 15th, whenever the season starts, which right now we're looking at January 15th. There's not going to be fans in there. The only people that are going to be in there are the players, the staff, and maybe players' family. Maybe. So why wouldn't you do this? You look at Heinz Field whenever they were allowed to have fans, which currently right now in Pennsylvania, they're not. Once December came around, that was nixed by Governor Tom Wolf. But if COVID comes around a little bit better than it, like it was in November, before all the virus started getting worse, before November, I should say, because in November it started to get Kicked worse. Kicked off but, with Halloween, really. Yeah, exactly. So prior to November, if it's like it was then, you start allowing fans in the stands. Even if you get 10% capacity at Heinz Field, that probably equals 30 to 40% at PPG Paints Arena. And that's what the Penguins want to do it. So it makes sense from a standpoint like that. And they're also only playing, like I said, five or 10 games. You're telling me one game is okay, but you can't do it too often, yet they have the ability to do it. Yes, it's expensive, but you got to spend money to make money, and it's about the bottom line. If they make more money with these games, allowing people into the stadium than they would be spending, and it helps their bottom line, then it's a good idea. If it costs more than it's worth, like we said with the return to play in the 2020 playoffs, if it costs more than it's worth, you probably shouldn't be doing it, but... If this is something they're looking at, I feel like it has to be worth more than it's going to cost them. So I think it's a good idea. So you said um, one reason that they would do it is for money. One thing that is holding them back, and is exactly what you said, it might cost more than it's worth. One thing that is holding them back is also money. Some of Because some of these stadiums and some of these states, we don't know what the regulations will be at that point. Mm-hmm. For all we know, Pennsylvania could straight up be like, even the families aren't allowed in because the Steelers are allowed um, high profile, whatever it is. It's basically families. Yeah. But, you know, that could get nixed as well. All all these states could shut it down. And according to one of the articles is um, even the least frills you know, event you want to host at one of these giant outdoor stadiums is going to cost a million to $2 million still. So if you're really not gaining any money, you're just spending money for a million dollars just to 
get the arena or the stadium and then to upkeep mm-hmm. the ice, make the ice, the boards, the everything, the overturn, some of the man hours that have to go into that, it could end up costing way more than what you want it to. I love the – it's a fun idea. Genuinely, it is a fun idea. There are just a bunch of factors holding it back. I mean, you mentioned the Heinz Field thing. Again, they've hosted before. They probably would like to do it again. They probably were going to do it again at some point. PNC Park would be a ton of fun. That's a hell of a view. You mentioned yeah. Highmark Stadium. Again, hell of a view. The idea of doing it outdoors is to get more people, so Highmark's immediately out. But you can do it there if no one's allowed in. It'll cost way less. They've had a semi-permanent ice rink there before. So they know it can hold it. They know they can do it. It's a great view. Again, again, that's just me talking about hockey games in an aesthetic point of view, which isn't what you're ever worried about. But we have a beautiful city to do that in. But depending, I mean, if, if it gets hockey back in one way or another, sure, go for it. Don't spend too much because every team could be fucked from it. Um, make sure the players are on board with the amount of inconsistencies that can come from it. And I mean, shit, make it safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to be, you know, project numero uno yeah. is making everything safe for the NHL and its players and the staff and everybody involved, whether that's fans or not. And yes, I get what you're saying is you can get all this together and then the state can just be like, no, there's still COVID. No, you can't have fans in the stands. Like you're lucky we're letting you play anyway. I get that. That's why I think this is thrown out there as an idea now. On December 6th, as we're recording at, this is an idea. The NHL has probably at least 100 ideas on how they're going to return and how they're going to make money this year. Can't count anything out this year. That was one of the tropes pointed out in one of the articles is, this isn't a for sure thing. It's actually very unlikely to happen anyway. But the idea, but it's being a processed idea. And it's 2020, you can't count anything out. And honestly, some of the best tweets, unless you had some more to say, was some of the outdoor rinks around the area that could be offered up. And I was loving it. Um, yeah. If you want to start one up, I remember I saw Gimme Penguins Flyers at Shenley Park. I, I that is one you sent that me, is and I love that. That was I was, about, I was about to bring that up because you sent me that one, yep. and I about died of laughter. Oh, because they just redid the rink. I just found out they redid that tiny little skating rink down at the Oval, and it looks a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reply to it was the uh, PPG skating rink in the middle of downtown, which with the tree in the middle. <laughs> uh, th- there's some great tweets. If I can't think of any more outdoor Listen. rinks right now, though. That Christmas tree would be a hundred times more effective than Jack Johnson on defense. That's all I'm saying. Oh man, he couldn't get around it probably. No, talk about a pylon. That's basically an upgraded pylon. But I, I saw some other fun ones. I saw somebody say try to freeze the point of confluence and play out on the three rivers, which is in no way scientifically realistic. Possible. But <laughs> it's frozen pretty thick before, but never enough to fit an ice rink on, and never safe enough to hold people on it. Um, no. There have definitely been ice chunks on it, but I mean, you gotta really hold one in. And... But I mean, that made me think: why not Point State Park? If you're not worried about fans, I mean, we're talking about silly stuff Build right a now, rink. of course. Just put one in Point State Park. Um, I, the Maple Leafs have that play, have that outdoor place to do practice at once mm-hmm. a year. They could do there. Um, all these Canadian teams have plenty of outdoor to, to work with. They can, they can <laughs> Which use is that. Interesting, because I don't think any of them 
either opted in or out. I don't think it's an option for them. They right don't now need the financial the help. Most of them don't need that financial help. Like the Maple Leafs are fine. I'm, the Canadians are I'm fine. I'm sure the senators would appreciate a little financial help. Their owner's a billionaire. They, they're fine. In reality, they're fine. They, In other terms, they might not be. Um, Edmonton's probably fine. They probably keep selling more McDavid jerseys every day than <laughs> anyone cares. Gretzky to. jerseys every day still. Yeah, so most of the Canadian teams are going to be fine regardless. They don't yeah. need it. I mean, they Calgary's got so many frozen lakes that they could just hold something there all season any year. Banff, Banff, just go there. Go to the mountains. <laughs> but no, all these cold, all these cold climate areas, like you said, Buffalo turned it down. No shit, Buffalo turned it down. <laughs> Every game would be canceled for a blizzard. Hey, it would make for very aesthetically pleasing hockey. Not really good action, but at least the the surroundings would look cool. But all joking aside on, on, on the rinks that people mm-hmm. posted that they could be playing at, if it was down between PNC Park and Heinz Field, and yes, I do remember you said you wouldn't like to see it happen, but if you had to choose between PNC Park and Heinz Field, simply for fun, Heinz Field, of course, would be the, the go-to choice, mainly because there's more seating available. So that ignore all of that stuff. Which would you rather see them play at from a TV viewer's perspective. I would rather see it at PNC Park because I mentioned it's hockey yep. with hockey with aesthetic. Um, I'm also curious to know if the Nuttings would even let that happen. Yeah, they're gonna get paid. Fair, but and plus, hey, that'd be the that'd be the first winning team that stadium has seen. So, yeah, the first time there was a home team there that actually won more games than it lost. Oof, man, I'd be I, I should look that up one day. The the Pirates record at PNC Park. It's definitely not a winning record, but I digress on that point. But yeah, I agree. PNC Park, it is the greatest skyline in baseball. And baseball is a sport of many beautiful skylines. You play that sport in the summertime, which helps it even more. The sunsets on the skylines. I know Baltimore's Park, which is uh, Camden Camden Yards. I I was losing it for a second. Of course, you have Yankee Stadium. You have Bush Stadium in St. Louis, the arch in the background. Baseball is a sport of skylines, and for the Pirates to be the best skyline in baseball, wouldn't it just be perfect to watch a hockey game with that in the background? It's not like Sid hasn't been on that field. He's thrown blazing fastball strikes in there on that field He's after hit a home run out won of the there. Stanley Cup. He has hit a home run out of there. So he has history in the ballpark. Why not actually do that? Now, I get, obviously, normal reasons. More fans fit in Heinz Field. Probably easier to get the stadium in there and the ice made in there. But it would be something to see. I mean, maybe down the road, if there's another Winter Classic, whenever we can allow humans to be two inches apart instead of six feet apart, then you do a Winter Classic, not a stadium series, because you need a Winter Classic to fully capture that on January 1st of, I don't know, 2024. Hopefully Sid's still playing, but... Do it at PNC Park. That would be awesome. But of the two, I'd prefer to watch it if I'm watching on TV at PNC Park as well. Yeah, I mean, hell, I like watching Pirate games more than I do Steeler games sometimes just because of that reason. Whenever it comes to looking at a view, and I mean, am I rooting for the other team for the Pirates' sake? Probably. Speaking, speaking of the Steelers, hey, they're still undefeated. 
Yeah, as of this recording, and this comes out on Monday, so they I it got is it technically it's a Steelers game day, Steelers versus the Washington football team. So they're they're still what eleven and zero at this point, yep. and they're they're probably going to clinch a playoff spot this week, which is the first time in two years that the Steelers have made the playoffs. But to close out this whole conversation about outdoor hockey and and seeing these teams play outside it'd be nice it'd be something different it'd be a way that hopefully they make a little bit more money but at the same time i think we all just want to see hockey back and i think that was the overall consensus a lot of people i saw say i really don't care where you play the games i really don't i just want to see it i want to see it on my tv i want to see it maybe in person once it's all safe but more specifically, I'd rather see it on my TV, and I'd rather see professional NHL hockey being played. And we do have some amateur hockey being played now, the NCAA. And as we'll talk about on Wednesday, the ECHL got started up with the Wheeling Nailers, so we'll discuss that on Wednesday or Thursday's episode, excuse me. But as far as the NHL is concerned, we really don't care where you play. Just play. Play somewhere. Yeah, we want to get it started. We want to get it going. Uh, every... Like they mentioned, every option is being exercised. So who knows? We might see games at practice facilities for all we know. If every option is being, you know, worked out and figured out, if, and if they're not going to be doing it with fans and they're trying to save as much money as possible, turning the lights on a practice at a practice facility costs way less than it does at their home ring sometimes. I get they own it already. You still got to pay for it, though. So. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like if they do the practice facility thing, that's downgrading the value for television companies, and they're not going to be happy about that. I I get that, but I mean... Especially with the new TV deal coming up, you don't want to anger the television networks. No, I get it. I'm just... I'm sure they're... I'm sure that's... You know, that they are in, dis- in all these discussions, too, because a huge chunk of their money is going toward this. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if every option is being practiced... Who knows what we get? Something could fun could be happening. We don't know yet. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But we're going to take a quick break right now when we return our interview with the boys from the official Caps Shirt Podcast, Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes. This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined right now from the gentleman from the Caps 
Chirp, excuse me, the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the Washington Capitals here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the one and only Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes. Boys, how's it going today? It's going good, man. Uh, I didn't want to show my face because, you know, I didn't I didn't want to make you all feel ugly. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. But Much appreciated. Uh, or, or it could just be because I, I'm a, I'm a douche that doesn't have a webcam. You know, well, you- State of Hoppy actually from the Soda Pod said that that is much honorable of you. So I, he said that I should mention that. Yeah, it's all about the honor. I guess you know we might as well just real quick background on that so everybody knows what that means. Um, I was playing in the Pittsburgh area in a tournament, and it was a adult league tournament, and. We were against a bunch of college kids, and <laughs> they they were beating us pretty good. They scored a goal late. They did something that I didn't like, and instead of saying something like "have some respect for the game," you know, something like that, I I said, "have some honor," and they re- they were like, "what? <laughs> what?" And I just skated away. I was I I can't I can't come back from that. Dude, odds are you were playing against like some douchey Robert Morris kids too. I mean, well, my my guess, my guess was Cal U, but Robert Morris is probably pretty fair. What uh, what what arena was it? It was uh, Prince. Well, I don't know. It might have still been Isoplex, but it was Cannonsburg. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so maybe not RMU at that point, but but they were just like, "What did this guy just say to me?" Like, <laughs> I, hey. Rule number one of chirping, leave them speechless. Yeah. You definitely did it there. Yeah, no matter what end of the spectrum, at least they were speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, uh, we, of course, joined you a couple weeks ago on the Caps Chirp, and and we figured, well, we actually asked you to come on first, and then you, you so graciously copied and, and had us on. But we had a, a lot of good conversations on there, so I would expect it to, uh, to translate here. And, and the first thing I do want to ask you guys is, is something that, is pretty interesting that happened the week that we're actually recording this. The reverse retros came out, and, and there they are right there. I'm going to share the screen with you guys. <laughs> what did you think about these? I love them. I'm a big fan of the Screaming Eagle. Um, actually, when I when I got thrown onto the podcast, uh, one of your former guests, John Hill, uh, he said, push for the Screaming Eagle to come back. And I, I have mentioned it a couple times. I love the Screaming Eagle, and I love this more than anything they've done in the past. It's an awesome logo, and it sticks true to the Rock the Red rebrand. I, honestly, I, I don't think they could have come up with a better thir- uh, alternate jersey. Yeah, I, um, I like it. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? I'm not a big jersey guy. I, I think I've said that a bunch on on my pod and on our pod, and, and it's just – I don't know why. I mean, I think that – jerseys are awesome but i i don't think that i would whatever team i was following i wouldn't really be a big like apparel person i would say that most of the things that i I have two jerseys and i've bought them both but i've never asked for a jersey like for christmas or apparel and they they get spot for me obviously because that's like an easy thing that i'll like but um i love these i think that though i do think that the screaming eagle is kind of big and it might just be the model wearing it that we've seen because, uh, you know, it is a lady here. So maybe if we had somebody like me or Polly's size wearing this thing, it would probably proportion it out, balloon it out a little wider. Then it might look too small, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. It, it does kind of command more space than the, the jerseys in the 90s. 
when it comes right. to the logo. So hopefully with NHL size guys that it, it kind of, you know, frames a little better. Yeah, that's like one thing I noticed about the whole drop is that like the logos look huge and the models are not wearing uh, jerseys that fit them. They're all wearing eight sizes too large. <laughs> They're just showing that they have those sizes. I guess so. Well, Americans are big people, so right, right. You, you gotta, you know, you you gotta appeal to your market. The one thing I wanted to ask about it is the the little striping on the bottom there that says Capitals. Is that something that was on previous jerseys? Because I don't know how much I like having that bottom striping, especially the diagonal on the bottom right there. Well, so it existed on the jerseys in the '90s. When okay. you looked at early Ovi, they didn't have that on the white jerseys. But um, in the 90s, they had it. It was only on that blue one, right? No, I think the white had it in the 90s. Okay. Yeah, I think I – well, no, no. The some Somebody you may be familiar with, um, uh, a guy named, I don't know, little-known Yarmir Yager. During that era of the Screaming Eagle, there is a – the diagonal capitals is there without the font. But I – don't believe that it ran over to the sleeve. Like, I think the sleeve was like equidistance on both sides, but I, you know what? No, I think I'm wrong. I think it did go all the way up. So yeah, the Yager era of the caps had, had this type of diagonal slice there. I'm looking at a poster literally right now that has Yager on it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I did have it. So for everybody that doesn't, see it on the podcast you can head over onto the hockey podcast network youtube page to see the recording of this interview on video on youtube and we actually have it up here so go check that out as well and, and overall before we, we move on here with more of the caps off season do you guys give it a passing grade failing grade abc what do you guys rank it i did see tom wilson in this with the whole get up. and that's chef's kiss a plus obviously um, <clears throat> so, you know what, I, I give this, I give this an A because it, 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 it truly is a throwback and, and they did reverse it. And then they still kind of like blended the two greatest eras of the Capitals jerseys, right? You know, the, the Kolzig times when they got swept in the finals and then the time that they won the cup. Yeah. So, um, ever since they rebranded to rock the red, I've wanted them to come out with a blue third Jersey. And I'd have to say that this, I like this better than anything I could have imagined with the, in the blue. Um, I would like to, uh, yeah, I call this an A as well. Um, I know I like how Troll brought up St. Thomas, Willie, uh, Pits, <laughs> Pittsburgh sweetheart. But yeah, definitely an A. I, I, I love this jersey. I really do. Well, boys, thank you for that. Now all of our listeners have bleeding ears as we move forward here on this interview. But uh, we, we, we move on anyway. <laughs> we we know uh, Tom Wilson lives rent free in many Pittsburgh fans' heads. We will admit that he does. Not ours, not our heads, but there are many fans and general managers uh, where Tom does live rent free. But we just want to know going forward. So getting into the hockey discussion, the players' discussion. Uh, how excited are you guys for Justin Schultz? Justin Schultz will score. Uh, what did I say? What was 60. it? 60 points. He will score 60 points with the Caps. And how? And in his entire contract? <laughs> no, in a year. Well, this is 
on the on the basis that he is going to play an 82 game season 82 game pace of 60 goals or 60 points no 60 points 60 points yeah i see he gets 60 points yeah he's gonna be a nice one-two punch between john carlson and him is the one-two offensive defenseman whoa you're putting him on the first line no no like one-two i mean like john carlson will be a first liner he'll be second be a second or third but he'll get this he'll get playing time on the second on unit power play so i don't know what you're smoking down there in west virginia or i guess it's up there now for me i really uh-huh. geographically off right now but, but west we'll just call it west for yeah, you we'll go west but uh yeah. <laughs> i i don't know i don't know if you've seen him play the last couple seasons but 60 points is quite a jump it is yeah but he's been hurt for a lot of it I and mean, he stays healthy right. he's got the opportunity there i you know i think i think troll is he's being a little optimistic uh maybe <laughs> o- over optimistic but you know i, I think a, a change of scenery really you know, can, can really boost a guy's career. And that's what we're counting on. I mean, that's kind of what boosts his career in the first place coming in here from Edmonton, but we watched it fall apart and uh, thank you for taking him, I guess. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Honestly. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Did it fall apart or did he get fucking buried? Like Sullivan loves to do. I don't know if he got buried. His ankle might've buried him on its own whenever it shattered in Montreal and then he just never was the same defenseman. But is that is, so? Do you think? I mean, an ankle injury is is big. Don't get me wrong, and I don't, <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know the details. But he seems like he's ready to come back. That's not. It's not an Achilles. It's not a. It's not a blown groin, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say a groin would be one of the ones that, for a defenseman, is one of the worst to come back from. Did you see uh, Dak Prescott's injury? No, no. What happened? That's basically what happened to Justin Schultz. Yeah, that'll probably be easier to find on Twitter. Look yeah. up Dak Prescott's injury. It's basically the same thing, but a couple years prior. But what about TikTok? Not... Oh, <laughs> it, it may be on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but for Justin Schultz, it's not the fact that he's still trying to come back from that injury. It's the fact that he's never been the same since that injury. And listen, if, if he can succeed in Washington, they're going to look like geniuses. And if he can't, then they're going to look really bad. But at the same time, it's the same thing with the the Jack Johnson situation in Pittsburgh the last couple of years. If you shelter his minutes, maybe he plays well. But the problem was, when he was on a line with Jack Johnson, he was the worst defenseman in the playoffs. So now that's a small sample size. Let me, let me not persecute the man on a small sample size. But at the same time, it, it wasn't looking good for him. And there's a reason that Jim Rutherford, the second the season ended, was basically all hands on deck. Hey, we're going to say in the media as many times as we can, we're going to dig on Justin Schultz and tell him that he is not coming back. Not counting the injury. Uh, if, if we take that out of the situation, last time we grabbed some Pittsburgh defensemen, people thought that the Capitals were crazy. And they ended up helping, you know, being very big parts of a cup win. So, you know, maybe he'll be the next uh, Niskin or Orpik. That's very true, and who who are we to judge at this point? We are, I guess, we are technically analysts, though. So, to answer your question, we're excited about him. And here's the thing: it's a two-year contract. This is not, you know, two years. And I would say he's still serviceable. So he's yeah. still, at worst, a bottom two guy, right? Yeah, and it's not like he's aging like Orpic was. And like you mentioned, Orpic really was integral to a cup win. But when you picked up Brooks Orpic, he was definitely an aging, on-his-way-out defenseman. I mean, I forget how long he was there. 
but it seemed like it was definitely just the last leg of his career, especially considering he retired. So, I mean, you definitely caught an aging Orpic. You're not catching an aging Schultz here. You're just catching a Schultz who is dying to re-grasp what he had. So he might work out just fine. It's just on the surface as a Penguin fan, I got to ask, how do you feel about getting our trash dump and taking him? <laughs> So here, well, here's one thing though that I last thing I'll say about Justin Schultz. I know you're trying to move on, and, and we're getting stuck, but he is an offensively talented defenseman, right? You would say that he's more along that vein. Our breakout last season, um, towards the end of the year, and like where we really got buried in turnovers and, and and being hemmed in our own zone, was just shit breakouts. Okay. Having a puck-moving defenseman, a defenseman who can get out of trouble possibly or at least has the vision and ability to string out a nice pass, maybe it's not the the quintessential, you know, up the boards and into the middle pass, but maybe you skips a guy or threads something out. I think that I think that that's where they see the value. I They want someone who can start the breakout, who can eat minutes. Maybe it's not the most. It definitely won't be the most, I'll tell you that. But he, someone who can who can start the breakout properly because the first pass is always the most important. Anybody who's ever played hockey, anybody who's, who's watched hockey, the first pass is always the most important when your team gains possession. So having that be, you know, solidified on our end along with a little bit of help on the power play, taking some minutes away from John Carlson, not having to spend all that time feeding Ovi all those apples uh, – is, is I think where that management sees his potential. Fair enough. And I, I promise last question about a former Pittsburgh penguin here, because I know you guys don't, don't like mentioning the penguins too, too much, but do you guys think Daniel Sprong is going to make an impact on the team this season? And if not, where do you guys see him as far as his development with the program? Um, I'll take this one. I'll take this one because we talked about this last season mm -hmm. about you know, when, when it happened, I think we were, we were doing some sort of collab at one point and uh, either you were on our podcast or whatever, but we, I asked like, what's up with this kid? Is he any good? And, and I know Horwat, Horwat yeah, started getting real excited. I was he, big he, on him. Yeah. So it depends. I mean, you look at a player like that and I guess I would liken him to a Verona in skill set, small, smaller, speedy, good release, kind of a finisher. Um, so not just with skill set, Verona had a lot of problems in Hershey. Coaches were trying to bury him. The big club, you know, Trotz had a couple things to say, just a couple, not anything crazy, but just some things to say, like, you know, didn't like the work ethic. Verona came up for a 20 game stint and then got sent back down to Hershey. The Hershey head coach at the time had some real negative things to say you know, I can see now that Vron has been up in the, in the show and he's got this swag about him. I don't like, it seemed a lot of like, okay, boomer shit, because obviously you see what Jacob Verona is now. So I'm kind of hoping that it, because it seems like the big thing that uh, one of the larger negatives about Sprong is his attitude. Am I wrong? Yeah. That's the big thing in Pittsburgh at least. Right. And, you know, you guys are all just like, you know, stick up the ass, real, real, no fun, just no fun to play. Crosby's probably like, you know, all right, boys, after practice, we're going to my basement. We're going to shoot pucks in a dryer, you know, no dances, can't go to prom, can't go out. Everybody's shooting pucks in the dryer, no alcohol. You know, that's all we're doing is hockey. All we do is shoot pucks in a dryer. <laughs> 
Well, you must not have seen some of the clips of their their Stanley Cup party at the end. <laughs> well, you can only celebrate if you win. And if you don't win, pucks in a dryer. If it's what gets us three cups, it's what gets us three cups, man. I got to start using pucks in a dryer. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than bag skate, it's just, all right, boys, pucks in a dryer. <laughs> pucks That's... in a dryer. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue so well. So you guys think he might be able to make an impact one day, I guess, is what you're getting at? I would not be surprised. So if somebody takes a shit, a la Jacob Verana, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, it's funny because if Verana, who has been a, a strong, I don't think we should sleep on him. He didn't have a great playoff, but if that is, if that's the case, you know, I don't think that if he starts taking a shit, we're going to see somebody else come up now, whether that's somebody that's currently in the lineup that jumps into the top six role and then sprung comes in as a fourth or third liner and maybe that's it. Or, you know, hey, we got a new coach, got a new head coach, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, so I won't spoil it. But maybe he puts him right in the top six just to see what the kids got. I mean, I don't know how much he's worked on his defensive game, but that's that was one big issue um, when he first got drafted. But, you know, you're mentioning guys coming up. I mean, the Capitals, like the Penguins, it seems, are a team who have an aging core group. Ovechkin's getting older, Backstrom's getting older. Is the focus turning on the prospect pool and who do you guys have your eyes on to be the future of the Washington Capitals? Last I checked, the Caps were the oldest team in the NHL. Ooh. I'm sure the Pens aren't far behind. Yeah. Well, and the Caps have one of the worst uh, farm systems as well, don't we? Yeah, so the Athletic has rated us the last place team in Pipeline. Really? Because we're 30th. So. Yeah. I think we're we're neck and neck. Yeah. And what happens when you win when you win, you know? I mean yeah. three three times in three years, that's for exactly. sure. Exactly. So guys coming up. I mean this this Hendrix Lapierre guy, he seems good. Let's hope he's not clapped out by the time he gets to the league and takes hits from a real man. Um I d I don't know because you know, he seemed like he was going to uh, – the scouting report on him is that he was going to be top 10. He slipped all the way down to the 22nd pick. We picked him up this draft, and I think he's going to take at least a full year in the A to even, like, be able to sniff the NHL. We need to see if this kid can take a hit. And then we have this McMichael kid lit it up in the OHL. Again, you know, these are boys right now. We need to see them play against pros and, and see. So I don't really get, I mean, even if we were rated, you know, Polly, we talk about this all the time. I don't care if we were the rated, the top prospect pipeline in the NHL, the shit doesn't matter until you're getting, you know, until you're in the AHL. And if you can, if you can blaze the AHL, then you're probably going to be a good prospect. You know, I, 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 ref, I already spend so much time like at, at like, researching the top league that like i just don't have the capacity or the brain power probably to do like the oa all the way down to the o right uh you know it's great to hear him lighten it up but i'm still super skeptical uh i mean Polly, what do you think are, are you with me on that well uh yes i mean i i have a tough time keeping up with prospects just because between the 82 games and then everything else going on uh in my life i just I, I should make time for it, but I don't. And I, I think it's it's easier to not pay attention to it because the Capitals are a win-now situation. The AHL may not – who knows what's going on with them right now. They keep changing their date. 
McMichael and Hendricks uh, LaPierre are both going to spend a month in uh, Red Deer in the Canadian. They're doing like a, a mini camp for the World Juniors team. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll compete in World Juniors and they'll jump into the NHL right away. Other than other than those guys and you know a few young guys in Hershey, I don't think we have a whole lot coming up at at this point in time. Just to end that, I mean, I think that not to mention they are all expendable in NHL, like proven talent. Like, you know, for instance, if we need a, if, if uh, John Carlson goes down again in the playoffs this year and we need to bargain for a top three defenseman, we will. <laughs> and we'll <laughs> probably sell the farm for it. And could you blame us? No, not at all. I mean, and that's exactly what Jim Rutherford does in Pittsburgh. So it, it makes complete sense that these two teams are kind of, neck and neck as far as their development are and low in prospect rankings and high in age but also they had that success in the latter part of the last decade so it it all kind of ties together and as you mentioned a little bit earlier this year's team is going to have a little bit of a newer flavor in Washington because they brought in Peter Laviolette so what do you think he's going to bring to the table in his first season as head coach I mean Paulie let's start with you what do you think Lobs is going to do for this Capitals team moving forward this year. Well, just real quick, I I, I did forget one prospect I, I wanted to mention it was Bobby oh. Nardella. He's uh, former Irish. Uh, oh, and, uh, oh, that's why you know. <laughs> yeah, we had well, we had we had Richard Blosser on uh, the Grit and Barrett podcast, and you know he's he's a big fan of both us and you guys, and yep. uh, he he made a point to to mention him. So honestly, when it comes to Hershey, he's the only guy I'm aware of because Richard brought him up. Um, but other than that, it's our, our couple guys I mentioned, and that's about it for now. Uh, Hershey's a pretty old team, but um, when, it, when it comes to Laviolette, um, we're, we're a little partial to him because you know we, we we've mentioned we we live in Wheeling, so he he coached the Wheeling Nailers back in the '90s, and the fact that he has coached I think three NHL teams as a head coach, and each team he has either he's taken them all to the cup. Um, and I, I think with the way the Capitals are being managed and the fact that they've brought him in, ma- management's looking at his past and thinking that he's going to take them on a run within the very near future. And so I think with Laviolette, we can expect immediate success. And I think he's just going to try to harness the talent he has and not try to be, um, not try to come and change things, but really just come in and, and uh, find the strengths of the team and try to tweak things. I, I don't think he's going to be a, a big mover and shaker. He's just going to drive the boat. Just to piggyback off that, uh, the great part about Labs is that he has brought those teams to the pinnacle of their success within the first like two or three years of being there. So that's what we want. I mean, we want to we want a coach that can guide the guy uh, guide the boys into a Stanley Cup final next year. The core is there, you know. Everything is there to to make a run. We need the guidance to do it. Uh, we need everybody, you know. And and the thing with that was great about Barry Trotz is that you know he really instilled that team responsibility, the accountability, the the want and need to to play a certain way. And I don't know how reared in you know that fell off somewhere obviously right so 
I think that he's going to come in and, you know, I think he's going to shake things up in a sense of here's how things are going to be done. But I don't think he's going to like come in and like strip Ovi of the sea and like, you know, make backs from the captain or anything crazy like that. I think that, you know, it, and we had Stefan Brenner on our, our pod who actually was coached by Lav in the uh, first season as a pro coach. So it was his first season, Steph's first season, and then Laviolette's first season as a pro coach. And he was like, he's, he made a great, uh, I guess, effort in being a player's coach, like off the ice, you know, go out, have some beers with you, be like a natural dude, like cool and all. But once you hit the ice, I mean, it was very clear. There was no question in the locker room who the boss was. And that is the type of, that's the type of guy that we need in DC. We need somebody that everybody respects because you're in a locker room full of legends, right? Just like, you know, unfortunately Pittsburgh, you know, got a lot of, got a lot of players there that are probably heading into the hall of fame. Same with, same with us in DC. So we need a guy who can kind of relate to them on a human level, but also be like, yo, Ovi, just 5% more on that back check. That's all I need and have him do it. Right. And, And it seems like that's what you guys need with trots and it seems like that's what you guys are needing with lobby led here is just kind of bring in the legend coach to go with the legend players right yeah definitely exactly yeah and and, you know with with ov being 35 that quick success is what we need and so Mm -hmm. that's why i think lobby was the guy and ultimately and he should be a guy that really helps getting in there um what uh i mean troll do you have anything else to say before i get into my next question Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, man. All right, cool. I mean, so not only are you getting a new head coach, you're bringing in a new goalie, and I'm sure you guys are excited about it getting uh, King Henrik, but I just have to know, what are your honest opinions of this new goaltending duo? Because does Lundqvist still have a lot left in the tank? And is Samsonov uh, the goalie of the future? Uh, Well, I, I would say... Sammy is the goalie of the future. That's how it's that's how it's been written, you know. Uh what's the phrase, Polly, as it's written or something? Oh. <laughs> so let it be written, so let it be done. Right. <laughs> and so, so that's from the Ten Commandments. Uh, I thought it was from a movie, so that that's where I'm at. Yeah, Fer- Pharaoh's <laughs> always said the movie Ten Commandments. Yeah, the movie yeah, the oh, Ten okay. Commandments. Yeah. yeah, that's where I saw it. Yeah, like the nineteen fifties movie. <laughs> anyway so so you know we we knew this was going to happen you know it sucks to see Holtby leave he's a legend in, in his own right he got and it even sucks even more to see the wage that he commanded in the in the free agent market uh I, that's another whole another podcast but it, yes we've been grooming this uh samsonov kid to take over he's got one year in the league um, went in the offseason, crashed a fucking ATV, broke his fucking back, spinal, right? Mike Tyson. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I broke my back. I broke my back. <laughs> was it a was it a neck back? It's spinal, right? So, oh my god! Bucks his neck and back up, flying off a fucking ATV. And Russian reports say that it was a pretty serious injury. Doesn't play in the bubble. You know, he's walking. That's a good sign. But can he 
can he do this blitz anymore? Who the hell knows? Uh, so, you know, that's my own bitch about being young and dumb and a fucking pro NHL goalie. And Russian. And, <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be, he's, he is the guy. He's going to be our starter. He is supposed to carry the team, you know, to glory for the next X amount of years, probably at least four or five until he gets too expensive and we dump him, uh, you know, as we normally do. But having Henrik Lundqvist there, I think, uh, and this is a Henrik Lundqvist who really put up comparable numbers to Holtby last season, having him being able to do, take 35 to 40 games away from Sammy and having a legend kind of breathing down your neck. That's the good part about it. Right. So, you know, we would have, I would have loved to see one more full year of a Holtby uh, Samson on tandem, but you know, Hey, Lundqvist will do right. Another legend. <laughs> It is going to be weird to see Lungfist in red instead of Broadway blue. Yeah. yeah have you seen those pads too? There's... Yeah. But hey, he is he's the king of great pads and great helmet designs too. Right, exactly. And quite a snappy dresser. Very styling. Oh, always known for that. Always known for that. But uh, you are listening to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast featuring Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes from the official Caps Chirp podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. What's more important to you guys specifically, Ovi catching Gretzky or the Caps winning another cup in the Ovi era? Before you asked it, I knew the question and I know I the answer. Okay, let's hear it. The record. The record? Oh. Ab- absolutely. They can compete for a cup until the end of time, but this opportunity, it's not going to come again for a long time if it ever does. And the fact that it's the possibility of happening for someone in our sweaters, uh, that makes it even more sweet. And I would rather have, I mean, now that Ovi has a cup, I'd rather see him get the award. It, it, it's shitty, but I gotta, I gotta fucking agree. I mean, mm-hmm. Berlansky, we had a, we had a podcast, a one V one, if you will, on Patreon. Is it still on our Patreon there? Then yes, the, it is. So for a dollar, you can hear Berlansky and I, uh, duke it out and me handily win who is going to be more historically important Ovechkin or Crosby and uh, we do kind of brush up on we we brush across this subject uh, like I mean basically like what Polly said you're not going to have this opportunity again I can't think of an I don't even think McDavid will or Dreisaitl I don't think that they'll come close to it it's the amount of just consistency that Polly or I mean that uh, that Ov has has exhibited here is unbeatable so i i would say if i were to choose between them if if you were like look you can have one or the other another cop or the record i would choose the record gretzky on his own is unparalleled because he was able to do both he was able to get the records and able to, to stack up cups with the edmonton oilers but still ovechkin breaking that record holding that record specifically for the most goals which is the best thing you can do in this sport, right? That's what everybody wants to do. They want to score goals. So to be able to break that specific record in a Capitals jersey, it does something for the franchise for long after he's gone. And, and, and that's why I feel like a lot of people, and it, it doesn't doesn't make you a bad fan for saying, I'd rather see him break the record than, like, it doesn't make anybody even close to less than a stellar fan. If anything, that makes you a smarter fan, wanting to see that for the future of your, your franchise. So... I tend to agree, even though 
man, the, the feeling of winning a cup, which of course you guys know, and, and, you know, a lot of other people know that that feeling of winning a Stanley cup, just something about the city, but I can only imagine the different type of feel that it's going to be now that I live down in this area. Once he starts getting close, what, and especially cause I'm going to be working in DC, the, the atmosphere of this city is going to be like, once he gets to that record. Yeah. And you know, the the Stanley Cup is amazing, and winning mm-hmm. it has to just feel so, you know, just like a dream come true. But someone does that every year, and all of all the highlights I've seen of Gretzky lifting the cup in an Oilers jersey doesn't seem nearly as iconic as him in L.A. when he broke the record. Like, right. th- like that moment of him breaking that record that surpasses any of his his Edmonton Oiler cup pictures or videos because someone does that every year. Mm-hmm. And this this would, you know, it's just such a unique thing that it it surpasses anything else he could do in his career. And you can even make the argument that with Gretzky, he won those cups because he had a phenomenal team with him too. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't just him. But, but Gretzky, you know, breaking the record, Ovechkin breaking the record, he's that's something he is, for the most part, doing. They're doing it on their own. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need good, you know, playmakers to get the puck to you, but who holds that record? Right. They, you don't see Wayne Gretzky. Well, a lot of these assists are from Mark Messier, Yari Curry. No, you just see Wayne Gretzky. If Ovechkin gets up there, you're not going to see Ovechkin with Nick Backstrom and Mike Green. all of his merry men. Mike Green. Mike Green, yeah. <laughs> you know, and... You're just going to see that name. All those people helped you, but right. the one consistent thing is you touched every single one of those pucks. Exactly. Right. That is the common denominator. Yeah, and, and that's what, you know, and that's the whole, for me, goals are the hardest thing to do in hockey statistically, right? You know, they award two assists per goal. So, and, you know, that – so having being the last person to touch it before it goes into the net, I mean that's a that's a feat in itself. Being the goal scorer that that Ovechkin is, and I mean, you know, it's not like uh, I think that what's gonna be if if he does, and I hope he does break the record. I think that what people are gonna notice him for is that he did it through sheer will and power. You know, there there are a ton of great goal scorers uh, in the league. You know, uh, one that comes to mind. Yarmir Yager, okay? He's incredible goal scorer. He was a great goal scorer because he could possess the puck, body guys out, and had just incredible hands and a good release, right? So, like, he was all over the ice scoring. I've And, and people just detract from Ovechkin's, you know, stuff by saying, hey, he's only sitting on the left dot, and that's the only reason that he's successful. But everybody knows he's doing it. And to – Catch a one-timer. I mean, the, all of those people have never been fed a five-mile-an-hour pass and tried to clap a one-timer top corner. If if you've ever tried that on skates, it's one of the hardest things to do in hockey. The fact that he can connect with that and snipe it top corner is incredible with, you know, at 100 miles an hour at some point. The way that he does it, I just think that's, you know, him being one of the last, like a dying breed of power forward type, types archetypes is going to be just going to be kind of a i don't know i'm gushing i'm gushing yeah <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be impressive in today's nhl you know what i mean 
And he's heading into contract year as of right now, too, which is, I'm sure, weighing over you guys just, just a little bit. Now, there's probably no doubt that he's going to re-sign with the Capitals. The question is going to be, what does the contract look like? Do you guys Have you guys kind of dove into that rabbit hole at all, or is it kind of a next-year problem after he puts up another 20, 30 goals? They've tabled talks until training camp. None of this has been verified by the club. $10 million was the number that was floating around by the club it made it to the ovechkin camp and was not immediately but within three weeks denied for 13 million a year for the term of around five is what we're hearing and how do you say no he's the best he is unequivocally the best goal scorer in the league for the past decade you can't are that is unarguable uh you know say what you will about Connor mcdavid because that is what that's what he wanted that's who he's modeling after he's like i want Connor mcdavid money you think Connor mcdavid is the best forward in the league that's wrong i'm the best forward in the league and he's fucking right i mean what do you think paulie well i mean he's still getting close to 50 goals a year so if i were him i'd say who else is consistently scoring as much as me and I want to make that much money. And the answer would be no one is scoring what he is scoring. So pay him what he wants. And we also just talked about what it would mean for him to break Gretzky's record in your uniform. How much is that worth to you? Yeah, that's a very right. good point. And you know, old Teddy Leonsis, you know, uh, not I, look, he's done great things with the, with his teams and his AOL <laughs> and he's lost one to wait or whatever you know we can poke fun at the fucking owners i mean you have a harder time because it's mario lemieux but with us i mean it's just it's fucking ted leonsis and and i've got nothing but love for the guy does a lot of good stuff but at the same time you know he's a very profit oriented he's a businessman that's why i let fucking barry trotz go the guy who just won you a cup literally the year after he won the fucking cup he said no we had a contract this is business. We, you have to leave if you want more money. And he did it in a good guy way. He could have really made a, you know, the Caps could have made a fuss about Barry Trotz leaving because he was still technically under contract, but he wanted more money. So we just let him go peacefully. Honestly, it could have been like, well, you have to, you know, whatever that means. But, you know, old Teddy, I, mean, that's, I just, sorry, I got off on a, on a, on a tangent. <laughs> I was about to say, that seems like it still bothers you a couple years later. <laughs> oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I we want I would have loved to see Trotz retire uh, a cap. I think that the the handshake between between Todd Reardon and Barry Trotz at the end of last season when the Islanders fucking beat us said it all. Reardon couldn't even look his old bench boss in the face. Just shook his hand and walked off the ice. I don't even remember the original question. <laughs> uh we were discussing Ovechkin and his possible future contract which 13 million I yeah, that's hard to say no to. Me being a cynic and a Penguin fan is just going to say, man, that's a lot of money for an old man. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave it at that because you can't say no to it, but he'll be damn near 40, if not in his 40s. And he's looked like he's been 40 for the past 12 years, so it's only going to look, it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. I just wish he wouldn't ask for it, but if I were in the position of negotiating, I wouldn't be able to tell him no i would just hope that he would be easy on me and show mercy 
<laughs> and, and you know what? That's perfect because if Ovechkin was born a thousand years ago, we would be throwing him women, food, money, treasures, just so he wouldn't fucking kill us all. Because he's just that type of like freak that he's just like, I will take whatever I want, you know, in barbaric terms, if, if laws would let me, you know, I mean, who's going to come stop me. So, you know, I always, I always look at him. I'm like, this dude is just a freak of nature. He's one of those people that like you hear, he's like a Polly who's, who's, who's Braveheart. Uh, William Wallace. Yeah. He's like a William Wallace warrior type. Right. I mean, in present day, you know, so I give him what he wants and he's never been a discount player. He is never once taking a team friendly deal and he never will. That's just his, his thing. And honestly, that's mama Ovechkin being like, I want all the monies, all the monies. You're weak. Like infant give me your money. Right. (laughs) It's very mama Ovechkin, man. She, she wants the money. Give it to her. Well, that's about all the hockey talk we got. I uh, just we just got to know uh, to when are we uh, rolling to Wheeling for a Nailers game, and maybe eight and maybe eighteen to thirty six holes of golf. <laughs> well, this will be dropping in December, right? Yes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so maybe around the time this drops, because apparently the ECHL as of uh, November, mid November. Um, they're supposed to play in December, even though the AHL isn't going to play. So except for like a handful of teams that just today is the day we record. This might be canceling their seasons, but they're all like Canadian teams. Yeah. It's like, um, the North division, but doesn't, doesn't include wheeling. So it doesn't bother us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never wheeling. will never cancel. They're the fucking nailers. They, They will be, playing it's like an omnipotent thing that the, the nailers season. so boys i will say that i grew up in johnstown pennsylvania where the nailers were our arch enemy of the johnstown chiefs so i, I will say it, it will take a lot for me but since the chiefs are no longer and haven't been any longer for the past decade i'll be able to root for the nailers but it's still gonna hurt my soul a little bit what about that one season that we've spent half our games in johnstown right <laughs> that was strange it, it was very strange because you spend so much time thinking, uh, this is these are the bad guys, especially, you know, young hockey fan. The other team is always evil and, and made out to burn the world down. And then they're like, oh, this is the home team now. And you're like, well, I like hockey. And the other team decided to just up and leave us. So I, I guess they're all right. I mean, that, w- <laughs> that would honestly be like if the Pens had to start cheering for the Flyers. I mean, it, it was that kind of rivalry. The blood ran deep. That is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, boys, whenever you want, I do know. I pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw a picture that the West Banco ice is down. It is there. It is. Yeah. Holly, All did right. you see that? Yeah, I retweeted it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. So you know what that means. Nice content piece for the YouTube page coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're hosting the Hockey Podcast Network. What are they? Oh, what's it called? The meetup, the big meetup's gonna be at Wheeling. Oh, the summit, the summit. <laughs> we got guys from Las Vegas. We got guys from Vancouver. Now we doing it in Wheeling, West Virginia. That is the hub of the Hockey Podcast Network, boys. Oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> Someone get in contact with the casino. They'll host it. There you go.
Oh yeah. We'll be pulling some strings. We'll, we'll strong arm some people into an incredible deal of like, we'll just rent out an entire floor of the, of the hotel and just trash it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Of course, it's always a great time talking to you guys here on the tip of the iceberg, always primo content. So before we go, let our get our listeners know where they can find you guys. And I know this is coming out a couple weeks from, from the day we're recording this, but let us know what's coming up for you guys on the Caps Chirp podcast. I really don't know what's coming up. I've been very lax on the scheduling. Um, I'm sure that we'll we'll start rolling with some punches. Obviously, you're going to get the good Caps content, and you can you can follow us at Caps Chirp on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook now. And then uh, I guess I'll just kick it over. Oh, and you can find me at Hockey Trolling with an I in on Facebook instagram and twitter and i'll kick it over to snack time over there <laughs> uh, he's got he's starting to he's starting to go viral probably with some of his shit so uh i'm Polly cupcakes and you can find me on twitter instagram and tiktok at cupcake Polly. uh yeah i i post videos of me eating food so that's uh snack time started off as a segment on the podcast and I have moved it into the real world. But in terms of coming up, uh, we'll probably just start doing some other uh, interviews with hosts and we may try to get a few former pros that are uh, recurrent guests. So um, that's, that's what we got on deck. Oh yeah. And we are bringing back the segmented stuff because we're, we're, you know, the hockey podcast network was just uh, acquired by a, a large conglomerate or where we, you know, we have our new corporate overlords, which we, which we bow to and, and love. And, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be bringing back our segments, the, the hockey troll hip check, which is where I bitch and complain about things. And then snack time with Polly cupcakes, where he is very positive and, and tells you, you know, things that you want to hear. Well, hockey troll bitching and complaining. I don't think I would have ever pictured that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it just sounds like a much more vulgar shout-outs and call-outs section. <laughs> so if that sounds enticing to you, which it honestly should, check out these guys at the Caps, the official, I keep doing that, the official Caps Chirp podcast, anywhere you get your podcast from. Boys, one last time, thank you for coming on. Thank hey, you. Boys, you take care. Welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player, and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Let's go life after hockey, baby. Woo! <laughs> Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. A huge thank you to the boys from the official Caps Chirp podcast. I'll make sure to remember the official from here on out. 
Polly Cupcakes and Hockey Troll, always a great time getting to sit down and talk to those boys. If you didn't already listen to it, we jumped on the official Caps Shirt podcast a couple weeks ago, so go check out their episode that we jumped on. That was a whole lot of fun, of course, Polly Cupcakes not being able to understand the silence for the sound check is always a fun, fun clip there. But thank you again to the boys from the official Caps Chirp. And thank you again to the Life After Hockey podcast for that in-network advertisement. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Go check out the Life After Hockey podcast featuring Brad Lieb, who was also on our show a couple weeks ago. So go check out that as well. But before we close out this week's episode, we have our pens poll as always. And the question we asked you folks this week is, as of now, what are your expectations for the Pittsburgh Penguins team? Well, to I think my surprise, the number one answer was a deep playoff run, but no cup. That received 33% of the vote. Even more surprising, second place was missing the playoffs entirely, which was 31% of the vote. First round exit got 25% of the vote. And Copper Bust was 11%. Horwat, what did you think of the results of this? And then what did you go with? People are not excited about this year, are they? 31%? 31% said miss the playoffs. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and it's... I voted for deep playoff run with no cup, but I mean, every year, no matter what, I want us to win. That's just the way it is. Of I will always also expect us to win. Uh, but I vote. I've voted realistically and said hopefully a deep playoff run, just to get the rust off of these last two seasons we've had. I, you know, mm-hmm. Really silence more people. Say that we're still here. Go two, three rounds deep and maybe make the finals. Maybe not. Who knows how it all plays out? But for now, I don't expect us to miss the playoffs. That's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I'll start there, and then. You know, the ceiling would be to win another Stanley Cup, put up number six. But for now, I mean, a deep playoff run just to uh, silence the people like Hockey Troll, who I believe commented twice, considering I'm sure he's the one that runs the official Capstrip podcast Twitter. And then he replied to that. So I'm not going to call him out for saying I think he commented twice under two accounts. But uh, we know which one your burner is, my guy. (laughs) That is for sure. And and realistically, the way I look at this is it's expectations. So yes, they can exceed my expectations. And yes, they cannot meet my expectations like they did in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. But I personally voted for first round exit because that's what I expect them to do. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. I just, as I mentioned on an episode a couple months ago after the Penguins lost in the first round or the play-in round to the Montreal Canadiens, I said... I don't know if this team is a Stanley Cup contender anymore. We had that discussion. Is this team in your eyes a Cup contender? And I said, no, they need to prove me wrong. And right now, my expectations for this team is, yes, I think they're a playoff team. I don't think Sidney Crosby is going to allow this team to not be a playoff team for the rest of his career. So I fully expect them to be a playoff team. They could be a high seed in the playoffs after the regular season. I can see that happening, but right now, it's been a long time since the Penguins have won a playoff round. My expectations are that they probably don't do it again because of how good the Eastern Conference, if it even is conferences, how weird this season is going to be and how good the teams that are in the default Eastern Conference on a usual season are going to be this year. 
they can exceed my expectations. I definitely expect that. I was between deep playoff run and first round exit. And to, I mean, against me, I probably should have worded it a little differently as in making the playoffs and then a deep playoff run. But I digress on that point. But yeah, do I think they could win a Stanley Cup? I think it's possible. I think it's more likely that they go deep into the playoffs and don't. But right now, my expectations for them is a first round exit. That's fair. And that's... That's how I had to look at. Th- that's how I had to look at this question. It wasn't so much, what do you want them to do? It's, what are your honest expectations? I mean, really, I'm sure all the players' expectations is that they're good enough to win a Stanley Cup, and that's what they expect from themselves. There's no reason why we can't say the same thing, mm-hmm. if they're the ones on the ice and they're the ones saying it. Us pundits, if you will, uh, can have the same opinion of them. So yeah, I expect them to also compete for a Stanley Cup but I'll lower my expectations and say a deep playoff run will suffice because we need to silence a few people and then take it on after that build continue to build a better team in the coming years adding more youth depth you know focusing on the younger players hoping Malkin and Crosby and Latang can grow old gracefully and hope there's no huge learning curve with a new goalie in there there's all kind of things we need to work out. I think this season is going to be a f- interesting work out the kinks sort of year because it's a transition year for Crosby and Malkin, if you will, by way of they're getting older. Jari's now a starter. Our defense is what's happening exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be a weird working out the kinks sort of year, and all you can do is just hope it works out perfectly okay and the kinks are worked out fast. Yeah, and that's what we think on it. Both of us, of course, gave our opinions. But one other thing I wanted to talk about here is what the listeners think. I mean, if you you look at it in this certain way, 56% of our voters don't think they're going to make it to the second round. They don't expect them to be a team in the second round of the playoffs. That is a very negative way to look at this Pittsburgh Penguins team. And yes, I'm included in that, but... I am surprised that the number is so high that 56% don't believe they're going to make it into the second round. Does that surprise you, Horwat? No, I don't think. No. I mean, I'm not surprised by anything Penguin fans say or uh, by what the critics say with regarding this team anymore because we saw it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were counting us out already, and the critics have been counting us out forever now, and that's just nothing to be shocked about. And plus, sometimes our fans get very self-loathing we can be one a couple of them sometimes so uh no i'm not surprised that some people are not expecting us to do all that great yeah and before we go because that wraps up our pens poll uh, apparently a lot of pens twitter and a lot of our followers and our listeners are very down on the pittsburgh penguins heading in the next season but before we go i wanted to get your interest on one thing that came across my phone here a couple minutes ago and it's not hockey related it's, i already know what it is i think megan sent me the same exact thing Floyd Mayweather Jr. announces he's going to fight YouTube star Logan Paul in a boxing exhibition scheduled for February 2021. Horwat, what are your thoughts on Floyd Money Mayweather versus Logan Paul? Which one is this? Which Paul brother is this? I don't know. I I don't know if Logan is the one that just knocked out Nate Robinson or if Jake is the one that just knocked out Nate Robinson. I really can't. I don't know the difference between the two. I don't care. I know they both are YouTube stars and they both or trying the box and the one took the one took a video of a dead body like let's get it straight that one should not be doing anything in public again and i think that's the one we're discussing here 
Uh, Jake is the other one who just knocked out Nate Robinson. And by the way, Nate Robinson, you made yourself look fucking silly, my guy. Um, <laughs> there's, and of course, there is a hockey twist on all of this whenever Evander Kane wants to fight him next. And there's a whole other discussion that we don't need to get into because I kind of don't want to. If we want to, if we want to talk about it next episode, we can. If nothing else really happens, uh, for now, because it'll still be news then, I'm sure. But this one, Logan against uh, Money Mayweather, I, uh, I don't know. I don't. On the bright side, I guarantee you, Logan Paul's gonna look bad. If Floyd really cares to fight him, he's gonna look bad. See, because n- because both Paul brothers boxed. I'm trying to remember which one boxed too. Which one boxed KSI? I don't remember, okay. dude. I watch UFC. I don't watch boxing, especially ex-YouTubers against, what, YouTubers or, or low-level boxers. I I prefer to watch UFC where it's not all a gimmick. Right. I think I think the whole this whole celebrity boxing thing kind of kicked off with Logan, the one we're discussing, and KSI, another YouTuber, uh, when they went three matches, I think. So... If anything, Logan's at least got a little more experience. And one of the lower card matches for that first one was his brother Jake against someone. I don't know. I don't pay attention to boxing. I don't pay attention to these two assholes. <laughs> if anything, I I rooted for Mayweather against McGregor. So it looks like I'm doing the same against Logan Paul here. Um, and if Jake Paul wants to continue to uh, shout his mouth off against Evander Kane... He, Evander Kane will at least put up more of a fight than Nate Robinson did, who came in looking like a running back. Did you watch that fight at all, by the way? I, I did see that fight, and no, Nate Robinson did not look good. There was a lot of clutching involved in the Nate Robinson game plan, but I don't know if Evander Kane would necessarily do better. There is a stark difference between a hockey fight and a boxing yes, match. Evander- not to say that Evander Kane is not tough, but you're it's a lot easier when you're a great skater and you know you're a superior skater to somebody else in a in a hockey fight plus you're clutching and grabbing a jersey and you can protect yourself and there's a lot more involved in that than boxing i don't know how evander kane would fare against jake paul i I really don't know i watched one fight from jake paul apparently he's only had two two fights yeah but after his second fight you're calling out dylan danis and conor mcgregor now i have never seen dylan danis fight I've, I cannot speak to Dylan Danis, but if you're calling out the notorious Conor McGregor, you're going to get your ass beat. Oh, that'd be Conor a- is about to kick the shit out of Dustin Poirier in a couple weeks. He, and Dustin Poirier is no joke. That's going to be a good fight. I still think Conor's going to come out guns a-blazing and beat the crap out of him because Conor wants that belt that Habib has now forfeited. But I don't think... you like Listen, you've won two fights. Don't call out one of the best fighters of the past decade. My question with the Jake Paul, Conor McGregor thing is where would this fight happen? Is it UFC rules or is it boxing rules? Because it would have to be boxing. Right. So That's right the there, only way it would be fair. Conor's track record with boxing is not good. Yes, it is. He went 10 rounds with Mayweather. Yeah, but at what law i think he would have if he kept trying to do ufc fighting throughout the whole first three or four rounds if i remember correctly he couldn't get out of the rhythm yeah and that is his first match exactly i still think connor because he has first of all he's much more refined fighter it's easier to teach a ufc fighter to box than it is to teach a youtuber to box right another thing too though is um how tall is how tall is connor he's like five seven. i i 
I don't know. I don't have his card in front of me. He's like five. No, Jake Paul is getting is fighting small guys. Nate Robinson's five seven. Jake Paul's six one. He's taller than me. He he'll he can just reach. He, he can just do that little brother thing where you just hold his head. If you're pulling up McGregor's height, that's all I need. I'm currently pulling up McGregor's height, but I don't think he's ever going to get the chance. Oh, he won't get the chance to do that. on the head on McGregor because McGregor will definitely kill him in a blood rage. Right. I mean, Jake Paul may as well have done the little brother head hold to Nate Robinson, but I mean. It would have done done a lot less damage. Uh, Conor McGregor's 5'9", so that wouldn't be too different of a – it's a two-inch advantage. Yeah. And now the big thing in boxing and and MMA is reach, and I don't have that readily available. We don't need all that. I just – But seriously, you're you're upgrading from – Nate Robinson, who was a basketball player that just basically wanted to have a blood feud. Yeah. To an MMA double champion who is about to go out and listen, if he loses to Dustin Poirier, that's just a commitment and a commendation commendation to what Dustin Poirier has been doing in the last year. But I think Connor's going to beat him. Connor's going to beat Poirier. He's going to come out, beat Poirier, probably go off against somebody for the interim not the interim the vacant belt and i don't think he has any thoughts of fighting what jake is, is that the one we're talking I about think so. I, I i don't know which one is which i really don't care i didn't know them as youtubers let alone boxers i just know they're assholes yeah that, that's, that's all that's you need to know it. that is all you need to know on them uh, if i want to swing it back to hockey the evander kane thing it's not going to happen because evander kane is kind of under a contract with someone oh uh, well yeah there's that too so it's fun to talk about and put <laughs> hockey into some limelight here if he if we want to like usurp some of that um some of that attention from jake paul because jake paul who by the way does a podcast with his mother no offense to mothers out there i mean i'm sure we both love ours but Jake Paul, you're an asshole. You have your mother on your podcast as a gimmick. I'm sure of it. And maybe he just really loves his mom, dude. <laughs> hey, man, if if that's what it is, fine. I don't know. It just seems weird because he's a Paul, and I don't like him. Um, he was he it the Evander Kane's call out at least got his attention. So it it did something. It it garnered a, a little bit of attention, and this might turn into a bit of a like my sport type rant. But I mean. If it's a little bit, if it's a few more eyes on some San Jose Sharks games, it's a start. You know, people are gonna want to watch Evander Kane to say, well, "Why is this?" All these boxing fans who might like Jake Paul, well, why is this guy calling him out? He's just a hockey player. Evander Kane goes out and crushes someone in that first game on January fifteenth, and now a discussion has been made. But again, contracts—that's not gonna happen. At least I hope it doesn't really. Um, but if it no, does, that doesn't. It'll be the happen. first and only time I'll ever root for Evander Kane in something. Yeah, very true and about the whole it got his attention as far as either of the pauls and honestly anybody that is a youtuber podcaster anybody that gets them attention will give they will give their attention to it so if it gets them attention by responding they're going to give their attention to it and that's probably the only reason he did it because you, it's a professional athlete in a sport that has a lot of following and a guy that has a lot of following on Twitter. As well. It was also a very shit response. He said, who is Evander Kane from the San Jose Sharks? What is that? Is I think he said, and I quote, is that some aquatic animal that lives in San Jose? Yeah. You're not helping yourself out. The creativity isn't necessarily there as much as it 
should be for somebody who is that famous on YouTube. But I think that should be where we draw the line for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that little, what, five-minute rant at the end there and about and I'm boxing sorry we or pseudo-boxing. I'm sorry, what and was I'm that? I'm sorry that we went on it. Yeah, well, oh, well, you got to talk about current events, especially when they pop up as we're recording. But that is going to do it for this one. Horowat, any last words? No, I got nothing. Um, I guess that takes care of my call out for next episode, though. Yeah, you're going to have to find another one. Sorry about that, bud. That's perfectly fine. I got more. Yeah, and and I guess if, you, if you're taking one of your call outs out, I'll take one of my shout outs out. Shout out to my girlfriend for getting me this Jake Gensel jersey for my birthday. Really appreciate that. It was definitely surprising. Did not expect to get a hockey jersey for my birthday. But we will be talking about the Wheeling Nailers and the ECHL on Wednesday, as well as, we just mentioned, our shout-outs and call-out segments. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our interview with the official Caps Chirp podcast, Polly Cupcakes and Hockey Troll. One last thank you to those guys for coming and joining. We'll see you guys on Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwatt41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.